0: God bless you, my brothers and sisters. We do praise God for each and every one of you that have taken out of your busy schedules to um, come along with me, living the word. I thank God for you, and we praise God for each and every one of you. Let's have a word of prayer before we go into our lesson on tonight. God, in the name of Jesus, we love you tonight, and we thank you for your grace, your mercy, and your love. We thank you for this day. We thank you for the day of provision. God, have you have kept us in our right mind. We praise you tonight and we thank you. And we're asking because we can't demand it, but you've given us the power of asking. We're asking that you would give those traveling mercies that are coming to be with us on the end service tonight and those that are just getting off work, going home, that are viewing us live stream. Bless them, God, and give them strength tonight in the name of Jesus. And God, your word is already anointed. Your word is full of power. But God, anoint me to declare your word for the hearers and the doers. So we may be kingdom builders, building in your kingdom, once or at a time, I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. God bless you. My brothers and sisters, on tonight, we want to Talk about our lesson tonight. We want to talk about when you don't have the patience to see the victory. Let's let's talk about that tonight. When you don't have the patience to see the victory. Um, We want to look at Ruth. Get your Bibles. Get your Bibles. We want to look at Ruth. Chapter One, and the first five, the first five verses of Ruth Chapter One. Then we have some other study scriptures along uh, with you in your study time. Would you add reading that whole first chapter of the book of Ruth um, to your uh, to your study? The time that you have a lot of just to study God's word. At that scripture. And 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 2. I want you to also look at that. Along with uh, Ruth chapter 1. Romans chapter 12 and verse 12. We'll be looking at these two shortly tonight. Um, Jeremiah chapter 29. Verses 10 and 11. And finally we'll look at. Romans chapter 8, verses 22 through 25. So let's get into our lesson on tonight, and I pray that it'll be a blessing unto each and every one of you. Um, Let's look at Ruth chapter 1, the first five verses. Now it came to pass in, in the days when the judges ruled that there was a famine in the land, and a certain man of Bethlehem, Judah, went to sojourn in the country of the Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. And that name of that man was Elmelech, and the name of his wife, Naomi, and the name of his two sons, Mahalon and Chilion the righttees of Bethlehem, Judah. And they came into the country of Moab and continued there. And Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died, and she was left and her two sons. And they took them wives of the women of Moab. The name of the one was Ophrah, the name of the other Ruth. And they dwelled there about 10 years. Mahalan and Chilean died, and both of them, and the woman was left of her two sons and her husband. That's, we'll just stop right there. When you don't have the patience <clears throat> to see the victory, when you don't have the patience to see the victory. God is sending victory my brothers and sisters, God is sending victory. And you really will do yourself injustice if you don't grab a hold and embrace patience. So what is what is patience? Patience is the capacity to tolerate challenges, or delays without getting upset. Patience is having the capacity to tolerate challenges or delays without getting upset. And when I looked at the word famine, famine, extreme um, lack of or scarce, uh, being scarce, scarcely having food and uh, shortages and which evolves with food, you know, it it breeds hunger. So if we just look at and I'm I'm going to come more to and talk about um, Elimelech and we want to look at him in more Um, and we say that names really means means a lot a lot of us have studied Ruth and about we know Ruth Naomi and Boaz Ruth we know she's um, a Moabite widow Mm -hmm. and She had aligned herself with God's people out of the love for her Hebrew mother-in-law who was so gracious um, or having that gracious character. So that character that she had that um, she won the love of her mother-in-law. Naomi, a Hebrew woman who knew tragedy. She, She knew tragedy. When I say she knew tragedy, my brothers and sisters, she was not only aware of it, but she knew tragedy to the extreme part. But in this, tonight she had God gave her the ability to rediscover her happiness through the faithfulness of Ruth, her Moabite uh, daughter-in-law. So that being said, let's go and let's look at um, Elimelech, which really means, my God is king. Um... Of course, the background of all of this, there was a great famine in the land of the Israelites. And the story in the context was told that that in, in this, which this great famine wasn't caused by a drought. This particular famine was not caused by a drought. It was caused by um, different um, groups, vagabond personalities, groups that would go and raid uh, different country sites and villages and just, just famish and take all of their substance, which caused a famine. And um, in this, there was nothing that had to do with worshiping liturgy gods or living disobedience, or but they were victims of this famine um, that they had. And so in the book of Judges, you'll find that the Midianites, the Amalekites, And all of them groups of the east, they came in mass, masses to steal the crops and the flocks. Um, And so that stripped the Israelites from their food. So the Bible said and if you look at Judges chapter 6, I guess I better put that in there. If you look at Judges chapter 6, um, when you really look at that, you you will find that the famine was a result of that type of um, invasion. And so it was not a natural famine. It wasn't because, again, let me make sure it wasn't a lack of rain and none of that. But the consequences is that they went through lasted for... Um, several years that my brothers and sisters had prompted that, um, Lamech that he would leave, um, and find a place where he would gab substance in another country. So this man that was from Bethlehem, Judah, which we know now as the place of Bethlehem today. My brothers and sisters, he couldn't wait out the famine. He, he couldn't wait this famine out. His family they were starving, and he was in need. Um, put a pin there. He couldn't wait it out. He could not wait out the famine because of what. Um him and his family was going through. So he took it upon himself, praise God, to try to find um, and search for food. Now, that being said, let's just look at what happens today. You could go, we could go from one side, we can tilt right or left. Pastor, what do we do? when we're in a case, and um, the famine can go two ways. The famine can go, praise God, my brother and sister, it could be a spiritual famine, or it could be a natural famine. Now, this, this here, first natural, then spiritual, was a natural famine. Again, it wasn't caused by the lack of rain like in past biblical stories, biblical histories. But it was because of these these huge these uh, nations that came in massive numbers to steal their crops and flocks. Now then, there is a spiritual famine, and we'll we'll get to that shortly. He couldn't wait; his family starving, he went to search out for food and life without this oppression. So he leaves the land of promise. He leaves the promised land. Mm -hmm. And as he leaves the promised land to dwell in the place of Moab, um, him and his wife and his two sons. Now, I found through deep study that Um, The wives, um, these young men, wives and whatnot, and you find that there were some descendants of Caleb. So they were really, and if you notice, I'm going to fast forward real quick. When Naomi and Ruth decide to come back, we'll talk about that. The people were so excited you find it in the text. They were so excited. They were glad to have Naomi back. But she's bitter. She's frustrated because now when they do mention her name, um, she says, don't call me by that name. All right? There's a lot to this. I'm just trying to narrow it down. and right, We'll look at that later. But they were des- descendants, and they were there because they were in the promised land that God had promised years ago, all right? So, yes, they were victims of the famine. And and my brothers and sisters, there there are things that happen today, and tragedy can and does strike any of us. Family um, can... Strike the best of us, huh? Family, famine, and problems and tragedies, but it does not take away. You can be loving God and love on God and praise God for Son doing the things that are right, but it does not exempt us from going through and having some type of tragedies and problems in our lives. So the best of the families and those that even have um, generations knowing how they love God and serve God and pass that on to other generations. So the question may arise was Elimelech right in leaving Bethlehem for Moab, was he right? Was he right? And if we look at was he right or wrong, if we look at the text, Naomi and Ruth, when they make their choice, Naomi makes her choice to go back home. Why? We found out, she finds out that God has blessed the people to recover from that. So right now we know that the same place where they left is the same place that they went back. Now there, there's a, there's a there's a there's a scripture here if if we look at Um, Go back to Ruth chapter 1 and in verse 3, Naomi's husband died and she was left with her two sons. After her husband dies, her two sons, they took wives of the women of Moab, all right? And then you'll find that her two sons also died in verse 5. So it looks like when we look at the text that there were that um, Elimelech left the place of provision. He left the place of blessings and he ends up dying. And his two sons end up dying also. Well, we understand, and do I believe that he was right in leaving? No. Because he was on the verge of experiencing God's deliverance. How many times have we moved out of the place of provision? How many times have we moved out of the place that God has provided for us? Listen, put a pin in there. My brothers and sisters, well, praise Jesus. If God has allowed us to get to a place and be there, even if there is a surge, even if there is a surge of a famine, if there is problems, Listen, God does not have to take us out of the situation. God has all power to provide for us right in the midst of a famine. You ought to put a praise on that, somebody. Praise Jesus. The Lord does not never have to take us out. Sometimes we think we have to move from one place to another. But my brothers and sisters, when God has given us, and you know when God has sent us and placed us to a certain place, when things are not going well with us, when things are not going as we think it should go, that's not the time to leave. That's not the time to leave the place of bread. huh? Because God can supply bread to us in the midst of times or places where it like things are not going well. So everyone's a victim. The victims, there's many, have been victims of the famine. Yes, tragedy can strike all of us. So when we look at that, Elimelech did not have the patience. He did not have the perseverance to see the victory that God was sending. And listen, I praise God that my brothers and sisters, even as we speak tonight, God is sending victory amongst his people. That's the type of God we serve. In the midst of chaos, in the midst of untruth, in the midst of uncertainty, God will send us victory. Huh? Yes, he will. So, this man was living in Bethlehem. Now, I told you before, Bethlehem, when you look at the word Bethlehem, simply it really means the house of bread. He leaves the house of bread, the fine provision. And where he goes to find provision, he ends up dying and two sons end up dying also. So he left the place of substance. Huh? He left that place. And he left the place of substance and praise for a home in what God called an enemy land. He leaves, my brothers and sisters, the place of bread And goes into the enemy's camp. I want you to put a pin there. God has never designed for us. To go into the enemy's camp. Stay there and eat. Of what the enemy has. God God considered what God called. Moab God called enemy land. Now here. Elimelech. In his distress, hmm? no patience, what we call a self-preservation. But he takes his thinking, he takes his move, and he goes into the camp of the enemy. Now, I, I don't believe that, you know, that he was really right in leaving, but I do understand from... A point of self-preservation or how can I say just just um, natural feelings that we have that he wanted and he thought that he was doing well. he wanted to supply for his family. he thought he was doing well mm-hmm. but and his family was starving, you know now ev- now evidently, my brothers and sisters, there was something else going on in his family that he couldn't see. Now, let me let, let me help you out. If you go back and look at the text, you go back in chapter 1, and you look at it, his sons die. Now, the text never did say the reason for their death. So there was something going on with his sons also that he didn't see, that he didn't know. They could have been sick, had something going on, but anyway, it cost him. That move cost him his life and his sons. Now, was God angry with him? Text doesn't say, you know, that, that, uh, that God was angry with him because of what he did. But what he did caused him his life and the life of his sons. So one of his sons, the name of one of his sons um, meant sick. And the other son that he had meant, um, I think the writer said, the stories have said, the pinning away or the wasting away. So both of his sons' name, and uh, when you go back to their name, both of his sons' names meant the wasting away and sick. So something else was going on. My brother said, you got to be very careful because you don't know. The move that you make, you don't know what's going on in your life. God sees everything. God knows everything. And again, you don't have to win. You don't have the patience to see the victory in God. And we have to understand that God is working both the will and the do. And it's at his own pleasure. God is orchestrating things in our lives. And my brothers and sisters, we have to put up, we have to put some brakes on it. We have to understand that God is moving. That most urgent thing we do within self is to think that we're going to help God out. My brothers and sisters, you, you can't help God. And then who said coming to Christ meant no problems, no illnesses, no setback? Who told us that living saved was without problems and difficulty? Now, listen to me well. Living saved is not a problem. No. We are in this world and not of this world. So we are living in the, how can I say it? Let, let, let me say it like this. We are living in the camp of the enemy. The Bible said that the enemy is the prince of this world. And we're in this world, but not of this world. So now that we're here, God has yet given us provisions. Uh huh. So on that point, if we look at all the places that we should go, See, Elimelech, he no doubt saw things. He saw something in Moab as being no less evil than in the place that he was dwelling in. Now, remember I said, now, Moab was a place that God called an enemy's camp. Now, now, listen to me well. Elimelech saw something. In Moab, no less of a problem, no less of a situation that he had in Bethlehem, huh? where he was at, all right? Bethlehem, Judah, which we know as Bethlehem. That was Bethlehem, Judah, which is Bethlehem. So he's saying, "Well, what's going on in Moab is not—it surely is not worse than what is what I have here. So why not go?" The Moabites had been rejected by God. Now, 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 watch this. This is in your history here. The Moabites, according to scripture text, and history, they had been rejected. They had been totally. Rejected by God. And there was a commandment that God gave to the Israelites. Was not to accept the Moabites or have any fellowship with them. So Moab was not the place where God wanted him to be. Because God had already rejected. Now, what makes us think? That what God has already rejected is fine now. Huh? Because of time? My brothers and sisters, what what God has called an abomination then is an abomination now. What God hated then, God hates now. And if God said to have no part with them, this man is already out of order. Hmm. and when we don't have patience my brothers and sisters the, we can be driven by our emotions so powerfully that it will drive us into some places that God does not want us huh just just think about this <clears throat> If the community in which we live has no jobs, you might need to move to a community in which um, you you can work and support your family. Now that makes sense, right? But watch this one. But for you to go to work, it doesn't mean that you have to turn to dealing with drugs, turn to stealing, stealing cars, just to put bread on your table. See, because if we think that you have to stoop to the lawlessness of the earth just to supply what we have, that's none of God. God doesn't save us to take us down to a lower level for us to survive. Did you understand that? Now, if you have to leave again, if you have to leave, to find a job, legitimate job or whatnot, but God would not tell you or place in your heart, well, since you're out of job, since you are out of work, start selling drugs. Hmm? Since you need a little money, um go and do some stuff on the black market. No, God, my brother and sister, God, God doesn't work like that. God doesn't work like that. Mm-mm. And le- le- let me let me let me run this past you real real quick, if I could. What if the church that you attend doesn't have an opportunity for you to sing? Yeah, maybe you might be led to go someplace else. But what if that church didn't let you sing in a choir? Yeah, you might be inclined to go to a church where they let you sing. But God's not going to send you and tell you to go to sing in a nightclub because you can't sing. See, I'm just trying to get get a point here. Because when you don't have the patience to see victory, because God has promised to bring us out. God has promised to take care of his people. Huh? So, when, and when we do make a move, you don't have a bad attitude with it. You don't get mad at people. You don't feel like you've been rejected by people. You don't even... Bring an attitude of um, revenge. Uh, You don't leave a place of provision. Angry, upset. See, a lot of things that are happening amongst the church family, amongst faith believers. And it has to do with waiting on the Lord, having patience. Because my brother said things might get tight for us. Huh? Things may get tight where we're at. That doesn't mean because things are tight, it doesn't mean that you're in the wrong place. Let, Let me say that again. When things get tight and things don't go like you think it ought to go, it does not mean that you're not in. The right place. huh? And God does not give you the green light to serve the devil because you don't have patience to wait. huh? Because right now, the place that might seem like it's difficult, that thing that you're going through, my brother, now watch me now, the thing that you're going through may seem like it's such a tight fit for you. But that might be the place where the Lord is going to bless you. And that place might be the place that God's going to send your deliverance. Huh? Listen, don't be so quick to leave. Um. You got to be careful how you build, how you build up your spiritual man, how you build. If if you look at Matthew chapter seven, you you if you jump down at that um, verse twenty four through twenty seven, it talks about building the house and it talks about what a house, the type of what can I say, the um, how you build your structure, how strong it is. And the things that could come against your house. If it's built upon the sand. If it's built upon something that's shaky. It's going to fall. See, your patience. Your patience ought to be built upon the word of God. And my brothers and sisters, there's too many of people when things don't look right. Things don't seem right. Because the scripture said, well, praise God, put a pin in that one. I didn't finish my, st- my statement. But the scripture said there are ways that seem right to a person. But follow through with that is total destruction. It's your salvation, is not built on your feelings. Too much of us are in feelings. Too much of us are, are emotional. I'm quite sure that this brother was emotional. Alemlech, was emotional. It was not, praise God. It was not by a natural cause that they were cut off and they were in a famine. It was through... A type of warfare, but he got to the place to where he just felt like he just couldn't take it. He had to do something about it. Huh? Listen, our world, our society operates on life's ifs. I want you to catch this. Our world. And the place where we're at, a lot of times, and that if is a possibility. So, we cannot afford to be led by life's ifs. So, if it feels good, do it. If it seems right, pursue it. If it has a potential... For a good ending, go for it. This brother, Naomi's husband, thought within himself, my brothers and sisters, that this was going to have a good ending. Huh? He, he leaves from the place of bread, Bethlehem. Bethlehem Judah, which we know as Bethlehem, he leaves a place of bread. And he goes to a place that God says, I don't want you to even fool with it. Now remember, Naomi is there. And her husband dies, left her with two sons. Now now they're in Moab, her two sons find Moab wives, women, and they marry them. Sons dies. There are so many cases to where the ifs come in at. And you have to be very careful that you cannot afford to go into areas that God has already told us that are not good for us. And it does not mean, and and and, and again, and this is my brothers and sisters, this is all through patience. It does not mean, praise God, that God is not with us and for us. We got to learn. We have to learn. So in the times of this family, he left. He goes on. And as we're dealing with life's ifs, you can't go where God has said, don't go. You cannot convince yourself. And and oftentimes, when this when it says there are ways that seem right unto us, when we look at praise God, when we look at the circumstances surrounding the moving of his family or a place that he thought was better, it would look like it's a no-brainer. Huh? But you got to understand that God was sending help now, other people. And if you look at and you go, that's why I want you to read that that first whole first chapter. When They get to the place and Naomi wants to go back. Ruth chooses to return with Naomi to her people. Even though she had no prospects of um, marrying again in Israel in this foreign land. And I don't really want to get caught on Ruth because... such a a powerful faith, such a powerful woman that she kept her vow. And I don't want to get lost on that, but I want you to show you and help you. You don't have to do what your flesh has dictated to your mind. You know what, my brothers and sisters, when the Bible says we have to crucify, our flesh daily. We have to die daily. That that simply means, listen to me now, it just simply means bringing your body under subjection. Now, Now watch this. Even the way we think and our mindset, do you not know you can convince yourself that you're doing right? And all along, you're not in the will of God. Um, if I could real quick, let me, go, go go, get your Bibles and turn with me to um, Jeremiah. I, I, I want Jeremiah chapter 29 real quick. Let, let, let's go there. Jeremiah chapter 29. I want you to look at verse 10. Okay. Now this is very important. Jeremiah chapter 29 and verse 10. You have it? All right. Praise Jesus. Uh let's see here. Um I better go to verse 8. I better go to verse 8. For this says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, all right? Let not your prophets and your diviners that be in the midst of you deceive you. Neither hearken to your dreams which ye cause to be dreamed. I want you to underline that. I want you to underline chapter 29. I want you to underline 8B, okay? 8B says, Deceive you, neither hearken to your dreams, your dreams which cause you to be dreamed. Uh Uh-huh. Now, verse nine says, For they falsely, for they prophesy falsely unto you in my name. And I have not set them, says the Lord. Now watch verse 10. For thus says the Lord, that after 70 years be accomplished at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word toward you in causing you to return to this place. And this is where we get the scripture out of verse 9. Well, praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God tonight. In verse 11, when it says, For I know the thoughts that I have for I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. If you go back again, God said, I'm going to bring you back. I'm going to return you to this place. But now this is what he says in 10a that after help me say after help me say after that after 70 years be accomplished. You know what that means? My brother says, some things you're going to have to go through. Some things you have to go through because God is getting the glory. Now, God's not getting the glory out of you going through, but he gets the glory on how you go through. Huh? Huh? The reason why they were in captivity anyway was because of sin, all right? Now, that's the reason. And it doesn't, everybody doesn't have to sin. Sometimes, just like this this famine, this famine that Naomi's husband, Elimelech went through, he didn't cause it. His family didn't cause it, but he suffered along with everybody else. huh? Now, there was not a big exodus and folk wanted to leave Bethlehem Judah. But Elimelech took it upon himself that he wanted to find something better. Listen, I think I heard somebody said. And and we talk about it, a family that prays together, stays together. See, some things as family, a family unit. Now let's let's take the body of Christ. Since we are in this world, and we're not of this world, all of us are gonna go something, go through something individually, something collectively with our uh, a natural family that even with the body of Christ, even as I speak, my brothers and sisters, the body of Christ is under attack. But because we are under attack, <clears throat> it does not mean that you leave the place of provision huh, and try to find something else. Stay with God. So the Lord said, go back to Jeremiah. The Lord said, for I know the thoughts. that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not evil to give you an expected end. That was also for Naomi and her family because God, my brothers and sisters, had an expected end for them. So whatever you do, you never want to go where Jesus is is not huh <clears throat> there's a scripture that you find and I believe it's in um in the book of Mark I'm at the Ford fast this part there was a situation where the disciples of Jesus experienced something of a famine time in the ministry and that's when I said earlier I said the famine is is natural and spiritual There was a time that the disciples, now watch this. The disciples experienced in their personal ministry a famine. Now, what happened? Jesus had gone up to a high mountain with Peter, James, and John. Now, the Bible says the other nine disciples continued to engage in ministry. They were at the foot of the mountain. And so there was a man that brought his son to them for healing and deliverance. But the disciples were unable to help him. Um, Help me say a spiritual drop. They were unable to help this man. So the boy suffered from what the Bible calls having a dumb spirit. And it simply was a demonic spirit that tore away his body, causing him to foam at the mouth and gnash, according to scripture text. The demon seeks to destroy him, uh-huh, by throwing the boy into the fire and at other times into water, and trying to drown him. And listen, the scripture text says that the disciples did everything that they could do, and the boy, he was not delivered. Huh? You find it in, in, in Mark, and in, um, I think that Mark chapter nine, but the boy was not delivered. Now, did you, it says, they did, who was they? The disciples of Jesus Christ. They did everything that they could do, and the boy wasn't delivered. They had a spiritual drought hmm, in their ministry. And so Jesus comes down from the mountain. He goes to his disciples. Now, remember, he just took three um, with him when he was up there. And the other, uh, Peter, James, and John, on the Mount Transfiguration, he comes down with Peter, James, and John. He comes down and to disciples. And the conversation that had that was, again, you find in Mark chapter 9, maybe down that 14 verse, I believe. And it says, when Jesus shows up on the scene, he rebuked the foul spirit in the boy, saying, Thou dumb and deaf spirit, I charge thee, come out of him and enter no more into him. And the Bible said, "Immediately the spirit cried and seemed to rip him in two, but he came out, and the boy was completely different. So the conversation comes up is um, how come they couldn't do it? My brothers and sisters, <clears throat> even the disciples had to have patience. You have to have patience. And you see in this text, in Mark chapter 9, that 14 through 29 verses, you can read that, that they you got to have patience and yet wait. Even when things are not going well for you, things seem like it's not working for you. You must have patience to wait on God. Because it is so easy and the enemy wants you to make a misstep. So listen here. Watch this one. God does not call people to dwell in the house of bread and then fail to give them bread when they call on him. Hmm? God does not call people to... Um, be in the place of provision and don't provide. God does, listen, God does not call you out of sin. He doesn't call us out of sin and do not provide for us. Am I making any sense to you? Stop running from left to right. Stop agonizing yourself. Wait on God. Learn to have patience, huh? Because God is going to send you help. If Elimelech would have stayed in Bethlehem, Judah, huh? Then move his family. Look what God would have done. He moves and uproots everything and goes to a place. That God told the Israelites earlier, do not even mess with the Moabites. And he did it anyway. I have five more minutes yet, my brothers and sisters. Listen. When we go through, and I know you've been hearing it, you've been hearing it, you've been hearing it, you've been hearing it. My brothers and sisters, praise God. But it's true. Keep praising God. Keep trusting God. Keep calling out to the Lord. Because I guarantee he'll come to you. Huh? Now, there is no mention that Amalek praised God. There's no uh, mention that he called out to God or trusted God to provide for his family. Regardless of the family around him. So, we have no record that he was praising the Lord. We have no record that he was trusting the Lord. We have no record that he was calling on the Lord. Huh? But we know the record is true. And we've said it earlier. We said many times He may not come when you want him. But the Lord is always, He's right. On time. Come on and put a praise on it. Um, and when it when we feel like we're in a in a bind, in the tight, and feel like we may be in that spiritual famine, and famine seems to be all around us, huh? Don't operate. Write this down and remember this. Don't operate strictly. On your own reasoning. My brothers and sisters. Don't operate. On your own way of thinking. Don't operate on your own reasoning. huh? Because. You might end up. After 10 years in Moab. He dies along with his two sons. The place where Elimelech thought. It was a place of provision. My brothers and sisters, it turned out a place of death. You're moving just on a whim. Moving on, how can I say it? On a knee-jerk reaction. And listen, some of it is because, uh-oh. Some of it is because we, some of us have just, We're spoiled. We want things our way, in our time, and in doing things. But when you don't have the patience to see the victory, God is bringing you victory right where you're at. So my brothers and sisters, don't, don't, because you might be in a famine, natural famine, spiritual famine, and I'll, I'll, I'll remind you again I, I've never I haven't found through the text where elimelech was praising the Lord where he was trusting the Lord where he kept calling on the Lord and asking God he moved on emotions and living saved is not based on your emotions can you receive that tonight? And put a praise on it. Come on, let's praise the Lord. When you don't have the patience to see the victory, look what happens. You might leave the place of bread and move to the place of death. So let's stay with the Lord, will you? Stay where the Lord is most likely to show up. And that's in the place of bread. May the Lord bless you. And may the Lord smile God, in Jesus' name, we love you. We thank you for these that are viewing us, these that are here. Will you bless them? You've given us a power of asking. And there's something in the asking. I'm asking God to give us patience. Help us to stand still and see your salvation. And God, that the ways that seem right unto us, they're in the destruction. But you know the thoughts that you have towards us. They're not evil. And you promised to bless us and bring us through. Bless the hearers and the doers of your word. And bless your faith family here and everywhere. And we thank you now tonight in Jesus' name. May the Lord bless you. And may the Lord smile upon you. Live in the word.